we want to use our platform to show other people, especially in a time where, like this, where one in two marriages are entering a divorce. Mm -hmm. And it's like marriage is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a partnership. And if we can lead by example and we can inspire one, two, three, ten, a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand couples that, you know what? Marriage isn't that bad. And Justin and Joy showed us why. Welcome to the Lend Me Your Lens podcast, a place to kick back and enjoy conversations for the culture. I'm your host, Corey Emanuel. The Love Jays are in the Ville Jay. Welcome to Lemme Your Lens. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much for having us. Justin and Joy Riley. So let's let's take it back 10 years, right? 2008, mm -hmm. you guys start dating. Mm -hmm. And so tell me, I know right now we're sort of in this space of discourse around like what's an acceptable first date. We got people saying like Netflix and chill is not an acceptable first date. Rightfully so. so. Right yeah. from the start, right? So. What did you do? Because I, I think you did something a little unique for your first day with Joy. Our first official date, yes. we ended up going to Red Lobster <laughs> yes. for, for our official date. And Joy doesn't like seafood, mm -hmm. but it was my favorite restaurant. And so I was just like, okay, how can I impress? I was 18 at the time, or I was 18 or 19 you at the time. freshly 19. On a college budget, didn't know what to do. So in my world, growing up in the suburbs, I thought Red Lobster is, yeah. is, the, is the Ruth Chris of, of dinner. So I ended up asking her to, to go to, to Red Lobster and she was like, yeah, I don't really eat seafood. And I was like, but I really want you to like it. And we ended up going, I think she ordered a steak. We officially started dating in February of 2008, but we were, we were in, interacting with one another. Okay. We're enjoying like, each other's company. Yes, okay. Okay. Since, since late 2007. And I used to ask him all the time, like, hey, are we dating? What's up? Like, are you trying to take, cause he would say, oh, I'm gonna take you on a date. And it never happened. So by the time we got to Red Lobster, I was just grateful that he was actually making good on his, on his promise. Okay. Yeah. But then there's also uh, another story involving your parents that sort of came early oh, on too. Oh, yes. What was that? I knew I had liked Joy, but she was, she's a lot. She was a lot. I was and a lot. She was a yeah. lot. Like she is the epitome of her name. Like when you think of Joy, she just had high, 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 <laughs> high energy. But I knew I'd liked her. And I was, and we, something had happened where Joy was like, I think I'm done messing around with you. But I was like, I want you to go Christmas shopping with me because we were on AIM. That's what, yeah. it, we were on AIM back And I logged in on AIM specifically to see if Justin was around. Cause that's kind of how I used to creep in and be like, okay. oh, you know, I'm Easy. available. I'm around. So you see my green dot, you know that I'm in front of a desktop. Um, so yeah, he, he was like, oh, what are you doing? And we decided we're gonna go Christmas shopping. And he said, but my best friend's gonna be there. And I was totally cool. Like, I'll meet your best friend, you know, getting good with the friends, like everything's good. And he, for some reason, decided to stop at his parents' house. And Don't I mean, him. I liked him. <laughs> so I was just like, what does this mean? I'm very confused. They're confused. They're <laughs> like, who is this girl? It was. A very odd time. Yeah, because I didn't even t my parents knew of Joy, but they knew that we weren't exclusively dating or anything like that. But for some reason, I felt compelled to bring her to the house. Right. So here she was. It was the four of us. I think was my best friend with us at the, yeah. at the house. So the five of us sitting here, hanging out in my parents' living room. Right. We weren't dating. And my parents had heard me talk about this woman that I liked, but who was also just a little you too much. You didn't tell them you liked me. I, I, Is that what I didn't? You told them I was like some girl who was like obsessed with you. 
That's basically how he presented it. Did I it. lie? Yes. But so, okay. <laughs> so let's, let's, you said you felt compelled to take her home, but we got to talk about like the family dynamic yes. that would even mm -hmm. make you want to do that. Because not everybody has that, that, that is situation. Real. So like my parents are like really, really good people. Still okay. married. Like they were the example of what a relationship was supposed to be, is supposed to be for me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, was, I was very open with, with my parents. And so I just felt like, okay, when I like somebody or whether you were a friend or anything like that, you just yeah. came home. But it wasn't like the trip, oh, you got to come home to meet my right. parents. That wasn't the mindset, nice. but it was like, come home. And I also think what we're failing to, to realize is that they had seen you on campus because basketball season had already started. But there was no formal introduction. No, there was, there was no formal introduction, but at least like her, there was a familiarity that they saw each other in the gym while I was playing. Okay. So it was just, I don't know, for some reason, I was just like, okay, well, I think but it's time to come understand. on home. But you can understand if someone, from outside looking in, somebody takes you to their parents and you're trying to get a commitment out of this person, right, right, right. but you're not getting it. Right. And then you took me to your second family's house that day too. Oh my gosh. And so, I don't know yeah. what I was thinking. So, so in retrospect though, if someone's thinking like, you know, how soon should I be introducing mm. my significant other do you feel like that was a good idea? No, it, no, it was not bad a bad idea. idea. Why? Horrible idea. Why was that a bad idea? We didn't have anything established. Nothing. Like, yeah, we, we were hooking up. Like that. At the end of the day, that's yeah. literally what we were doing. Was yeah. just hooking up. There was no guidelines. We weren't officially dating. Right. Like there was nothing in play. It was I was on campus when everyone else went home. You were on campus. Let's enjoy each other's company. Oh, by the way, I need to go get some Christmas shopping and my best friend's at home, so just come by the crib and let's kick it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was, in retrospect, I would not give that advice to yeah. anybody. I think the best time to meet someone's family is when you figure it out that you want them in your life. But I do know people that kind of want to test and see if they mesh well and then they decide, but I think you need to decide that for yourself first. Because don't have your family getting attached to somebody and they're not going to be around. Facts. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so now let's fast forward a bit. So obviously you're married now. Mm -hmm. So at some point, Justin, you decided, okay, Joy's not so bad after all. Yes. You know, I yes. think I actually want to marry this woman. So can you kind of talk to me about what was sort of that final, like this is supposed to be my wife. Yeah, oh, well, it, well it, I got I to gotta rewind it a few years. Okay. Uh, First, I need, to, I need to make it clear he did not settle for me. Okay. <laughs> no, I did, I did not yeah. settle at all. Joy's an amazing okay. woman. You know this. Yes. Uh, everyone knows who, who's met my wife knows that she's amazing. But we actually had broke up right after college. I was ready to be single. We were together for three and a half years, seven of the eight semesters while I was in college, we were mm -hmm. a couple. And I didn't get to have that experience that we just talked about. And so I was like, I'm ready to be free and ready to be single. And we were split for a few months. And then I, in my spirit, physically felt joy pulling away. And I didn't like that feeling. So I ended up just picking up the phone and I said, hey, can we just meet up for dinner? And I just want to talk. And we ended up having a really good conversation. And that was the start of it. I think that was November 2011, 11? November 2011. And at that moment, I had knew that, okay, this is, this is the one. But I didn't fully make that decision probably until I went through my, my bout of my first unemployment. And the, the thing that really got me is I had, we were, I was working out of a, at a house. We had basically a startup house and the owner of the house didn't tell us that he was no longer owning the home and it was in foreclosure. So we got a random knock on the door and was like, who are you guys? This house is owned by the bank. So we had to leave the house immediately. And here I was with no money, no job, moved into her studio apartment mm -hmm. and she was making $10 an hour $10. living in Los Angeles. Like you can't Dollars. do anything with that. Yes. So we were just struggling so tough and I'll never forget where she didn't have enough money to feed the both of us. So if so I went hungry, didn't. she went hungry too. 
Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like when you have somebody who was willing to starve with you, like, there was nothing else I needed to figure out. And at that moment, like I knew for sure that she was my wife. And I went home and I, I remember on that Mother's Day of that same year, I went and told my, my parents and I think my family was in town too. And it's like, I'm gonna marry Joy. So that's a perfect segue then into this movement really that you've created with married millennials, right? So you're married and you have made your love story part of your everyday interaction, engagement, you know, really talking about love. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me, what, why use your marriage, your very, you know, real life story mm-hmm. as a business? Like, well, how did that even come about? That's, uh, well, okay. We had, I had a friend at work during that time, actually, and she was having relationship issues. And I was talking to her, but I just felt like we needed another perspective. So I said, would you be comfortable talking to my Justin, my boyfriend at the time? And she was like, okay. So she came over after work to the studio, and we were talking about our relationship and going back and forth, and I realized Justin and I had kind of the same point, but completely different perspectives on it arriving at the same destination. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is useful. And she said, you guys should do this. And it kind of just sparked a moment. Um, and Justin and I have always been open books. We're just not, we don't have much shame no. when it comes to sharing <laughs> things. And I think that that could be a tool to help other people. Um, I'm not scared to be vulnerable as long as it's constructive. Gotcha. So that's, that's really why. And for me, the biggest selling point specifically when it comes to talking about our marriages, we don't see products of people really talking about how to make a marriage work. You have your elders or your family who've been married, but like when you really ask, no one really gives you the information. We talk about the the taboos in in a black household, sex, religion, politics, and money. Like those are the four taboos that nobody is talking about at the household. You don't bring it up. And those are four areas that we had to work through and struggle with because we never talked about it. So if we were able to establish something amazing that we have, why wouldn't we use our platform to be able to show people what it takes Mm -hmm. to have a successful marriage and be open and transparent with what we struggle with so people can then understand, okay, well, I'm not going through this alone or this isn't an odd thing or, oh, I've seen a couple who's experienced this and this is how they've gotten over it. Mm -hmm. So we want to use our platform to show other people especially in a time where, like this, where one in two marriages are entering in divorce. Mm-hmm. And it's like marriage is not a bad thing. Right. It's a beautiful thing, it's a partnership. And if we can lead by example, and we can inspire mm-hmm. one, two, three, 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000 couples that, you know what? Marriage isn't that bad and Justin and Joy showed us why. Let's dig into today's discussion because I'm just like chomping at the bit to get into this. I'm curious as to what you're going to say. You gotta continue to grow together, but it's also important too to be able to grow independently. Yes, I also, I, you know I agree with you. <laughs> Here's the reality, ladies. Men don't want to put titles on women because it allows us the freedom to go ahead and act the ass whenever we want. If it was one of those where, hey baby, let's just sit down. You know, for the past few months, I've really been struggling with, with our sex. Not, I want to try something different. I haven't really enjoyed it. I think it can be received very well. But if you come in and sit down and be like, baby, like our sex sucks. Like it's whack, I don't even know what's going on. Like <laughs> sex is important in our marriage and, and this shit really just sucks. That's a problem. People have asked, 
who've been in long-term relationships, it's like, oh, we've been together 10 years and now you've been married. You it's know, what, the what's the difference? And I can confidently say that marriage changed our relationship. Before we started recording the show today, and before Justin got rude. Oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> you said when we got married, you felt we've started to transition into these specific gender roles that society has, has put in place. And I think throughout our eight years, and, and I wanna hear you talk more on about this, is I feel genuinely that we've always kind of crossed over in those roles. And he was like, well, I shouldn't have to get broke, go broke, and we haven't even defined what this relationship is, blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, you don't have to go broke. No one's saying you have to go to these fancy dinners. Like, you know, be creative. You, But you do have to court people. And I don't feel that anyone who does not want to get married in their heart should get married. Don't do it. Do not do it if you want to do it. Don't do it to appease your mate. Don't do it because you think that's what you're supposed to do. Just don't do it. It's okay to not get married if you don't want to. Agree. All right, so I know that, you know, relationship coaching is a major part of what you do in your daily work with married millennials. What are you seeing in terms of when you're assessing and, and coaching singles? What are some common themes that come up amongst singles right now that they're dealing with? I'm seeing a lot of people wanting the result without wanting to put in the work. I, I mean, that's really, it's, it's just a lot of that. Just wanting this perfect relationship, but not wanting to sacrifice, not wanting to compromise, not really wanting a full person in their life, but the idea of, of a partner. That's, that's what I'm seeing a lot of, what would you say? And a lack of vulnerability mm -hmm. and prioritizing you and falling in love with you first mm -hmm. is so often we look for relationships to be our validating source. So I'm feeling this type of way, I need someone else to validate me. Whether those are friends, our right. families, our love interest, we mm -hmm. seek validation from other people. Mm -hmm. And when you are dating and looking for a relationship, constantly seeking validation is that you, you're, you have holes inside that you need to repair that no one else can repair. And then if somebody then tries to fall in love with you, they have fallen in love with a not so authentic version of yourself. So as you start to patch things up, now new sides of you present themselves and be like, okay, well, well who are you? Yeah. What is this? What did I miss? And so it's important before you seriously get out and, and date. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you need to be perfectly ready because no one's perfectly yeah. ready, but aware of your flaws mm -hmm. and cognizant of those flaws and are willing to work through them mm -hmm. and understanding your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and two, not being so specific with the type of person that you're trying to meet. We so often, so often are, are caught by the packaging. Companies spend millions of dollars, billions of dollars each year on marketing and packaging just so when we're walking by the shelves, we're like, oh, that looks sparkling, bright, new, let's grab it. Well, in a relationship, you're just looking, or while you're dating, you're looking for a specific content or a specific packaging, and you're not as focused on the content. So we have to get away from the packaging and say, this is who I want, this is what I want, and I'm, I'm open to the package in which they come in. Mm -hmm. nice. Now, talking about packaging, so one of the things I'm looking at right now in my doctoral research is relationship satisfaction, particularly amongst the African-American community, people of color. And so what I'm looking at is how social media influences romantic attraction. Mm -hmm. So be it singles or even yourself as a young couple, how have you sort of learned to navigate the world of social media 
in a positive way that doesn't do damage to your relationship. As you're seeing beautiful men and women <laughs> and everybody's promoting body parts and things of that yeah. nature, how have you guys been able to sort of navigate social media on a day-to-day -day basis? I think it's an awareness that none of it's actually real. I, I don't feel tempted on social media because it's just, I mean, it's meant to be a fantasy right. and that's okay, but I, I have the real thing. So I'm, I'm not really stressing about yeah, what I'm seeing. I, I had my, my issues with social media in yeah. college okay. and saying inappropriate things or sending inappropriate messages and then realizing that, that it was a, a source of an issue and a problem and really it wasn't social media, it was me. So once I was able to right. discover what the issue was with me, social media was no longer an issue. And I can also say that you know, being celibate for three and a half years leading up to our marriage, when you can do that, the fantasies of seeing someone photoshopped and made up and scrolling through social media, yes, we can look and say, that, oh, this is amazing, but it's like, I slept with my wife for three and a half years every single night and we never did anything. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that a screen can do that can pull yeah. me in, into that abyss of spiraling out of control. So let's talk about that because I'm sure we're going to have some, some women probably watching me like, man, if my husband or my boyfriend could just get that awareness <laughs> to mm -hmm. get off mm -hmm. social media. So how did you have that? Was that a conversation where something bubbled up and it was like, okay, we got to address this? <laughs> yes. What happened? It, it wasn't even really a bubbling up. I, I honestly, I was sitting at, at the studio, I was washing dishes and I heard you got to stop having sex. Ooh, I didn't hear that. I kept washing dishes and I heard it again, gotta stop having sex. And I said, I just don't know how Justin's gonna respond. And I heard it's gonna be easier than you think. And so we got home that day and you can pick it up from here because I like how you- No, we got home that day and she's sitting on the, the bed and she has this, you know, that guilty look that no man wants to see. So I'm moving through the Rolodex of everything that I did wrong. And, but I had did nothing wrong, but you know, obviously guilty from my, my past life, as I like to call it. We have pre-college and post-college. Yeah, my ex-boyfriend, that was yeah, my ex-boyfriend. So, so yeah, time. her ex, I'm, you know, I had that mindset, like, okay, I'm trying to figure it out. And nothing came to. And she sat down and said, I think we need to, to start practicing celibacy. And then I just laughed and I said, you got me. God's been putting the same message on my heart for months, but I had not been answering that call. Yeah. And so when she looked me, in, looked me in the eye and told me that, I said, okay, we, we have to, to make this through. Mm -hmm. And then that moment, like when you make that commitment, again, you just go back to social media and you realize like this is like, why? Why am I seeking fulfillment in different ways? And they said our, our celibacy journey really was the anchor point for that. So mm -hmm. I have no issues at all. We get DMs all the time. I'll slide into DM, hey, you know, great to meet you, nice to know you, but it, it's, I'm going in with such a business mindset because it is a phenomenal resource. Yes. Social media is an unbelievable resource where you can, we've developed great relationships just off of social media alone. So I don't want to paint social media with a bad brush right. as it's a negative thing, but if your intentions are not clear within yourself, I have a very clear line of what I'm, I'm sending you a DM because it, there's a reason why I'm sending you. I probably don't have your number, but at least I can access you this mm -hmm. way and, it, and you can get a question and get something done. Like when we hosted that live event, I think I got all of our panelists from Instagram because mm -hmm. I didn't have any of their numbers mm -hmm. and it worked. Uh, so it, was, it wasn't an issue, but again, it goes back to you having to be secure in who you are mm -hmm. and, and recognizing the role that social media played when it was attempting a, a source of temptation and where it's just a, a business resource. Right. Okay, so now you brought up something earlier about just taboo topics, particularly in, in black homes as you're dealing with relationships. And now you've brought up this thing of celibacy, which has sort of a spiritual 
mm-hmm. you know, connotation mm-hmm. attached to it. Mm-hmm. So how, what are you seeing in terms of how the black community is dealing with relationships coming from very religious, you know, religious rhetoric? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you seeing and how are people sort of navigating to kind of move forward and not be stuck in those traditional ways? Our decision very, our decision to be celibate was not a religious decision. And I want to be very clear in that. Joy and I are both spiritual people, but it was not a religious teaching. My, yeah, pastor, my pastor told me said, this, yeah. or I read this in the Bible, and so yeah. this is a decision that we needed to make. Yeah. That is not what happened at all. You know, this was a message that we received, a direct message. We got a DM. Yeah. And, 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 we, and we opened it, and we listened, and we practiced, and it, it just completely transformed our entire relationship. And specifically, our generation has an issue with religion and, and church, and as we continue to question more things that have existed in society, we now come across these things that are like, oh, celibacy, that's 100% a religious, te- a religious teaching. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, that was not what it was for yeah. us. It was a, it, yes, it was based in spirituality, but again, there was no religious teacher who told us we needed to do this. And I will recommend it to any couple for at least 30, 40 days, just because it gets your mind moving in a different place. It allows you to recognize the role sex plays in your relationship mm-hmm. or even in your marriage. Just to redefine how things are done. It's like, you know, sometimes ways navigates us on, on different routes to get to where we got to go. And it's like sometimes you just need a different navigation source, but you're still moving to the same direction yeah. or the same destination. And that's how we've used things. Yeah, I do think that there's room for obviously spirituality and God in your relationship. I do think that having religion specifically in your relationship could be a bit detrimental, uh, especially in the current society that we live in, you know, women needing to serve their man, like that weather can be very dangerous and, and damaging for the couple because you have a man who's in charge and a woman who's subservient when really they're both, they just need to be partners. Like marriage works best when you are equal partners, when you're in this thing together, especially in our current climate. So um, that's what I would say about religion, that you know, it's fine as a practice, but just when you approach marriage or relationships, be uh, partner-minded. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about sacrifices, because Justin, I know you left corporate behind last year mm-hmm. because you wanted to put your time and energy into your Married Millennials brand. Yes. Um, so talk to me just a little bit about what has, what has been some of the sacrifices you've had to make to really build a brand like Married Millennials. It has constant working seven days a week. It has been not eating as much as you want to eat from going three meals a day mm-hmm. to sometimes one meal a day from cutting out some of your fun and just really putting your, your, your nose to the grind and, and willing to, to work through it. And this is where I commend Joy, is that she has constantly been our biggest supporter. You know, when I said, like, I'm ready to do this and I wanna do this, she said, okay, great, we'll make it work. And I manage the finances of the household and we have significantly less income coming in, but our freedom is, I would say, greater. And it's one of those when you fall in line with your purpose, all of a sudden, things open up but it, it and it's not even just the in pursuit of building our brand and the sacrifices you take when an income leaves the table it's also also just the the daily sacrifices our marriage is also our business mm-hmm. so trying to find the balance of when your 
husband and wife and when you're just and enjoy the love jays mm -hmm. and that can be a slippery slope and we a had challenge. to come up with the schedule actually that uh, justin came up with it but i told him like yo i can't come home every day and it's business 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 because we're still married so we have a schedule now we have specific days that are for love jays and married millennials and days that are just like husband and wife days we're not talking about the business we're gonna hang out and enjoy each other because at the end of the day there is no business if our marriage isn't solid and I, and I work very differently than Joy. Like I will, I work on what we do every single day. I, I just, I don't know how not to, but I have to realize that Joy is not the same way. So I may have something to say, but I'll just send her an email or send her a text. And when she gets to it, she gets to it. But it fulfills me in a, in a way that motivates me and drives me. And for me, this is what I do full time every day. So your mind does not turn off. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I actually just need a break. So yeah. again, finding that balance and, and making it move. But it, it has been a, a, a constant game of, of, of sacrifice and where I, again, have really appreciated joy. It's not just you sacrifice this and I'm going to sacrifice that. And that's where it ends. It's like, what do we need to sacrifice together mm -hmm. to make this work? And that's when it started back in you know, 2013, where it's like, okay, you can't eat. Well, I can't either. So when you're working with someone when you're in love with someone when you're building a life with someone who's willing to make the exact same sacrifices that you are willing to make right. you're unstoppable i love yeah. it how can people keep up with you guys to to follow the movement you can find married millennials on apple podcast and wherever else you get your podcast and also you can visit our website lovejays.com you'll see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page and additionally we just rolled out a brand new project Joy and I have released 15 must-have conversations before saying I do. It's an online premarital course for engaged couples. So if you are currently in the process of planning your dream wedding, make sure you have these important conversations. You can also find that information on lovejays.com as well. Guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Boom.